Hey, welcome to the holiday edition of the book podcast, um, uh, sometimes referred to as the holiday office party. I'm not sure if we're sticking at it, but as you can see, we're doing it like everybody else is remotely via video. So uh, welcome to our two permanent co-hosts, Misty. Nice to have you back. It's been like a month and a half since, uh, since we've seen you. <laughs> yep, happy to be here. Um, hopefully Rob is using some non-copywritten music there so we're not taken down moments after we go live. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, also good to have you back again. Good to be here. And uh, and there's Rob, who is doing all the heavy lifting, getting this going. So um, I am going to sign into YouTube so I can kind of monitor in the event there are any comments or questions. Um, but we're going to be reviewing uh, a couple of movies. We're going to have a quiz tonight, a, a holiday-themed quiz. And really, it's a Christmas quiz um, that's from Scotland. So uh, I, I went ahead and I deleted anything that was specific to the Scots and kind of to the more international um, stuff. But we will be putting our two permanent co-hosts on the spot as they battle it out for a spot um, as the winner of the 2020 uh, trivia contest. Um, but I guess first we have to go around. It's become a tradition. Jesse, what's in that can? Uh, Tecate. Tecate. Oh, cool. That is probably the lowest rent beer I've ever seen you drink, by the way. <laughs> like, I can actually buy that, like, at 7-Eleven. <laughs> And nothing you ever like everything you you drink always requires like an explanation like i've never seen it in the wild uh, misty i saw you with what looked like a uh coffee cup but i'm sure is not coffee it's not this is rudolph's tipsy Sp spritzer oh and what goes specifically into that it's uh it's a vodka punch left over from a uh, the puppy party yesterday. Oh God! Did it bring that up again? Um, <laughs> Wait, you were giving yeah. referring to you were giving vodka to puppies. Yeah. Okay, come on now. No, but it does have. It's got ginger ale and vodka, and orange juice, cranberry juice. It's a, it's a mix, and it's yes. delightful. Twenty twenty gets weirder and weirder. Uh, Misty had a party for some dogs. It was a, a birthday party, and. I like how she lumped in like one dog's birthdays in two days and the other one's like four months old. So it was like this weird, I don't know. Anyway, it was a long discussion before we started this. Rob, what's in that <laughs> glass of beer? Schlitz? It's Tecate. No, it's uh, from Phase 3 Brewing. That's the. It's a crawler of corporate meeting, double IPA, 7.8% alcohol. That's the straight too far man. off. Not to stray too far off the subject, but there is a uh, brewery opening, I'm guessing sometime in 2021, down the street from me, Rob. It's called Black Lung Brewing. I read an article about them in uh, on the internet somewhere. Yes, Black Lung, the thing that used to kill coal miners. Yes, right. that's Black Lung Brewing. But they, they secured like all the permits and stuff, and they say they're ready to get started on opening. So um, I am having, in case anybody was wondering... Late Night's Wine from the St. Julian Vineyard in beautiful Michigan, where all the best wine comes from. Love that label. It is, uh, it's cloyingly sweet. It is disgusting, and I absolutely love it. It's by far my favorite wine. So, <laughs> uh, I think, I'm going to ask the question that's on everybody's mind. No chocolate wine? No, no chocolate wine. And I and, and off air, I'll tell you guys why I decided not to go with chocolate wine, because I did find <clears throat> six bottles that I purchased last year. 
but I opted to not go with the chocolate wine mm. this this year. Six bottles, good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit flies off the shelves fast. I think if I'm there, it does. I put it all in my cart. And I create a frenzy. People are like, "Do you, are you guys getting any more of that?" <laughs> in the um, in the beer chasing world, or no, in the whiskey chasing world, that would be called bunkering. Bunker bottles. You have those saved for when you run out of your usual bottle. You go to the bunker to get a new bottle. Yeah, additionally, I was wondering how long that takes to go bad. Like, I don't know what that's made of. So I was also a little iffy. Like, I, I thought about it. And, and now I'm just going to give them as gifts to people I don't like all that much. Well, if you can have like a decades old bottle of Chateau Neuf de Pop, I think you're fine. Okay. I, I'm just, I have no guys, idea for real. Do you guys want to jump right into a movie? Would love to. Let's do it. All right. So the first movie we're going to be talking about is the 1984 film classic Gremlins. Some of you may have heard this. I'm going to give you a little little background. Here is the um, synopsis that may or may not be crowdsourced on IMDb. A boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolent... Mm, that almost went well. Malevolent... Malevolently Malevolent? mischievous monsters on a small town. Um, uh, a couple of, uh, of notes. This has a 7.3 out of 10 rating on IMDb. The movie runs an hour and 46 minutes. As I mentioned, it's from the year 1984. And I'm sure we'll talk about um, a lot more things about that. Uh, but I'm going to kick it over to, to Rob um, and, and see what uh, how we want to get going on this. Uh, I think I want to acknowledge... Uh, first, uh, and Jesse or someone else might know, Spielberg's involved in this, right? Yes. He was on the production, okay. producing side of it, yeah. Okay. So this is technically a Spielberg film or no? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> they just put his name on it to, to sell more gremlins. <laughs> this was also written by Christopher Columbus. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Who wrote Home Alone you remember from watching last year so the movie uh at least in its you know written formation has been around for at least hundreds of years there you go um here's what i'll say the movie actually starts out um in like a noir narration kind of fashion <laughs> right with uh yeah. billy billy peltzer's it all started dad in Chinatown. yeah rand peltzer <laughs> it, it's straight noir uh narration and it's like so it's it's set up as a fable because it started out with like I'm gonna tell you this crazy story that once happened, and then um, and then it dives into the actual like, and, and at the beginning of the movie since it starts off in like this like Chinese knickknack shop I'm like ooh how much racism are we gonna be talking about <laughs> in this movie so um, off the bat it's got a couple of good little zingers right at you in the beginning I like that noir narration though especially for a guy who does not deserve to do any like the character is not the a noir character but he's got that uh, that serious like old school narration style i have two thoughts um that i want to mention first of all there's a broken down i read some of the trivia on this there's a broken down car right in front of the shop they go into it's like got smoke coming out from under the hood that is actually an amc gremlin apparently oh wow yeah um but I know that this movie might seem incredulous 
throughout. But I think that right from the very start, the fact that that guy has $200, like, I don't understand. Like, the rest of the movie isn't possible because we can break it right at the beginning. That the guy who sells all those terrible gadgets has 200 bucks, like, walking around money struck me as, as maybe the most unrealistic thing in that whole movie. And this movie is filled with green little monsters who have an uncanny uh, understanding of technology. And, and yet, that, yeah, that the uh, Billy's father running around 200 bucks. I can't get over it. That is hilarious. Not only do they have an uncanny like knack for technology, they know the words to songs they've never heard before. Yeah. yeah. As, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, they're, uh, they're, yeah. When yeah. they sing around Snow White. Yep. Miraculous little creatures. <laughs> Here's what I'll in say. The in the alleyway, though. Oh no. Go ahead. I don't want to get too much into it, but like, um, like if you think about the income inequality of today versus what it was in the eight in the mid '80s, it's probably easier to have stacks of cash if you weren't a CEO than than it is now. Yeah, the two hundred bucks. I'm trying to think. In 1984, had to be like walking around with a grand. Now, I don't know what the actual. Yeah, I'm not going to well, look it up. But, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. So, for anybody who's not familiar with this movie, shame on you. Um, but here's a, here's a little bit of a dive into it. Um, a, a traveling salesman who creates an inventor who great creates his own weird gadgets um, that don't seem to work very well. Um, stumbles onto a shop in Chinatown. Where a boy who I actually had to look up because I thought he was the kid from the Indiana Jones movies. Turns out he is not. Um, t- takes him down into this basement shop where uh, he acquires a mogwai, which, by the way, is Cantonese for monster. Uh, for anybody who's wondering, yeah, monster, demon, or some other like spirit. It's like the 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 definition of mogwai. Um, to buy for his son. Um, there are three rules uh, in in possessing a Mogwai. There are three things you should never do. You should never let them into the bright light um, because it could kill them. Uh, you should never get them wet. And you must absolutely never feed them after midnight. And I'm guessing if you haven't seen it, you can probably guess from the three rules and from the synopsis that I read that uh, all of these get broken and mayhem ensues. Now... One of the other things I found a little weird, and it's hard to watch fun movies like this because I love this movie, but when you watch it critically, it, it really has tons of holes in it. So the kid says, don't let it, don't let them into bright light. It'll kill them. But neglects to mention what happens if you get them wet or you feed them after midnight. It gives the <laughs> warning without any explanation of what will happen. And I could see if you didn't mention it for any of the three. But you just mentioned it for the one. Like, like the one that you need to know is that the bright light kills them. The other two, just don't do it. Don't worry about what happens. Just don't do it. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a, yeah. That's a fair point. I mean, that is a fair point. I do want to read a comment from Comrade Chrome, longtime friend of this podcast, who says, Jesse, taking it easy with a Tecate, no judgment. He has some <laughs> in his fridge, too. Uh, happy, happy Festivus, you filthy animals. Well, happy Festivus yeah. to you, Comrade Chrome. Right back at you, man. Mm-hmm. Cheers. The thing that was striking to me that maybe I didn't get when I saw this as a youngster, and then I feel like maybe I've seen this once in recent years, but kind of like Misty was saying earlier, like kind of on in the background, is just how many nods there are to other movies through the course of this. 
the first one that I noticed as a significant one um, is the bank scene that's almost straight out yeah. of The Wizard of Oz, right? Mrs. Deagle yeah. um, shows up demanding, you know, the, the, the head of the dog that ruined her, her Christmas ornament. And I mean, in, in that, um, I, I was struck by how close it is to The Wizard of Oz and uh, uh, Elmira Gulch coming after Toto. Um, but what I didn't realize until I looked it up on IMDb is the actress that plays her was Flo in the old Alice sitcom. And I don't know, you guys might even be a little too young for that. I remember Alice. Yeah, she Pretty worked nice. at Mel's, Di- Mel's Diner. And she was she was really the main character. Well, I guess she was the side character. She was the most entertaining of the characters, I think, on, on the show Alice. So that was kind of a nice, uh, well, nice thing was, to find out. She was kind of a crusty bitch in this. She was a little bit of a crusty bitch in this, and, and she got her comeuppance um, she did. later in the movie, which which may come up as one of the most iconic death scenes, uh, I believe, in, in movies. Yeah. Can I... I just want to call out... I have these notes, and I just kind of took notes as the mood struck, but um, did anybody else think all of the snow in the movie was like the fakest ass-looking snow possible? Dude, except or except for on the shrub tops in one scene the snow looked completely fake yeah like they did a good job there because that's what would actually happen but all the car snow except for billy's not working car it's like they just kind of rubbed it on like wax and then didn't buff it out like it looked pretty bad yeah yeah it's pretty bad snow pretty bad i did not notice I did not. <laughs> Missy's like, this is magical. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that Judge Reinhold and Phoebe Cates are both in this previously uh, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Although we did see 100% less Phoebe Cates uh, nudity than we did in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. However, also 100% less date rape and abortion. So... Uh, you take the good with the bad. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's also true. I'm glad uh, Livius brought up Fast Times because so Judge Reinhold's character in Gremlins is basically Brad from Fast Times if his life wouldn't have gotten off track. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I read an interesting bit of trivia that Judge Reinhold in the original um, filming played a much larger role in the kind of action. Um, you know, that happens between them and the gremlins, but then was cut from most of that, which makes sense because they make a big enough deal about him at the beginning and then he just kind of disappears. He does. So he was, I guess the original cut was something ridiculous, like two and a half hours or something. And basically they cut all of his stuff except for the the bank scene. Um, Speaking of the bank scene, did anybody else notice that like uh, Barney, the dog, had was suspiciously like uh, aware of everything that was going on like if if barney's mentioned like if miss deagle says the dog's name like they cut to the dog looking up or if she threatens the dog then the dog does something and then eventually the dog attacks miss deagle that dog had more like anima than billy did i think like that <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, dogs are amazing creatures, is, is what I'm hearing. You needed a Barney at that party, I think. <laughs> but I, I, it was suspicious. Yeah. He's, and He's uh, responding, yeah. 
but I don't think Barney had that much uh, going on in any other part of the movie. It was just in response to Mrs. Deagle, right? Um, he responds uh, when like the dad says that uh, Mogwai are going to replace dogs as man's best oh, friend. Yep, that's the other time. And then the gremlins kind of taunt him, and he's responding to that. So he has a he he has character throughout. Okay. That's some good foreshadowing right there because we know none of the Peltzer inventions work right. Yeah. And so he thinks he's going to turn the Mogwai into a Peltzer pet. They don't work right. <laughs> well done, Jesse. Um, well done. Although, I, so I, I understand the mechanics behind the actual gremlin, so after the transformation. But how do five little Mogwai manage to string up a dog in Christmas lights on a front porch? It was just the one. Just right. I think so because, like, he, he's the only one that's acting like he he's paying attention. Well, it, I guess it could have been all of them, but like, um, it it seemed to me like when I watched it, I was like, that one guy really, you know, got some shit done. But like, you you're probably your your thought makes more sense yeah. that he like just like I said, it's... the other ones. He, yeah, yeah, he ordered them around. Yeah. I still just in looking at that scene, I just don't understand. There had to be a ladder and some type of pulley system, maybe. Like I just don't see how how it happened. But again, I guess suspension of disbelief is probably important when watching a movie yeah. like uh, like Gremlins. Um, yeah. There, there were um, another nod that I that I noticed was, uh, and it's towards the end. But there is the scene where Stripe is hiding. Um, within some uh, stuffed animals, which is, uh, you know, seems like a direct nod to E.T. Um, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers one, they make really, really, you know, flagrant almost because it's playing on the TV as they're molting into actual yep. gremlins. So uh, it, it was interesting to see how many things they touched on. And I'm sure there's a ton I missed knowing that my my movie knowledge is less than um, probably all three of the my co-hosts tonight. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun and interesting to see how many things were borrowed or not to in this movie. Can I make an observation? Uh, this is kind of along the lines of Livius's. How did they string out the dog? How come nobody's like, what the fuck animal is this? When like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that actually happened, like the, the everybody would just go bonkers. They'd be like, this yeah. is a new species. And it understands how to sing and, and shit like that. And, like, it can say human words. But it was, like, kind of blown off. Like, oh, yeah, we get these fucking Mogwai all the time. Like, it was no big deal. Like, this might I as think, well happen. I think the 80s were a time of wonder. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> anything is allowed. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's another odd placement do you guys know so there's there's the two cops who are who are clearly drunk on duty right um not the sheriff but the deputy did you guys catch who that was i know he's from uh beverly hills cop is from breaking bad breaking bad is what i was thinking of that guy i mean talk about a 180 um on uh yeah from being the goofy sidekick cop to to a badass yeah Mm -hmm. he plays hannibal lecter in that spoof movie too um, he was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, guys. How, can we not? He was the the crony to Victor yeah. Maitland. He was the guy that uh, was like the yeah, yeah. He was. Cuz. Sorry. They called him Cuz. Wow. 
Um, I uh, this is what I meant about my knowledge of movies. And it's a little thinner. <laughs> apparently, he was no, in something called Breaking Hills Bad. Cut. So, yeah. Um, I, I really thought that the movie might, and I've seen this movie a few times, and and I was still surprised that they don't address the gremlin that's left at at the school. Like I thought that would be a good way to segue. Like they might not be out of trouble. Um, because that's the one gremlin that's separated from the rest of them. I mean, I'm sure that it could be argued that he met up with them at some point, but the gremlin is left just prowling the school when Billy, you know, runs home after his encounter with it after it kills the the scientist. Um, I'll have a piece of trivia for for you guys. Um, how many confirmed human deaths are there in the movie Gremlins? Rob has a note. I believe three. Um, I'm going with I, I'm just referring to one of the trivia things on IMDb. They said there were four. Well, oh well, the co- is it the cops? Does it list who it is? It no, it doesn't. It doesn't. We know it's the scientist. We know it's Miss Deagle, but I don't know who the other two specifically. Well, the Futtermans both survive because yeah. they're in Gremlins too, so it's not them. And yep. the only other two people it could be is the cops. There is a mention, which I did not catch. I also read this during trivia, during the trivia on IMDb, is that um, initially they had thought to kill Mr. Futterman, um, but it is mentioned. Rob has such nice writing. He do. He does. It's uh, it's a Rand Pelter's body count. Apparently it's mentioned on the radio that they're going to uh, go and interview him at the hospital. And that's how they, they pull out from killing him is by mentioning in the movie that he's alive, but it's like on the, in the background on the radio while they're uh, in the car, I believe. All right. I'm going to make a random observation. Uh, Talking about like all the Peltzer products that don't work. There's a coffee maker scene where it like comes out like this, like black sludge. (laughs) Yes. Which that's the joke. It's just a joke scene. It's just like, you know, a fun like moment there on the counter is a fucking artichoke with all of this like wires sticking out of it. And it's moving like the entire scene. It's like moving and it's an artichoke with wires sticking out of it. Did any of you notice that? No, no. Why do artichokes work like potatoes for that? You can like conduct electricity and shit. Uh, But the potatoes don't shake around, do they? No, no. <laughs> it's a weird observation. I mean, you think you think the coffee maker is weird? How about that that orange juicer? That that's way too much <laughs> juice and pulp for like one orange. That's yeah. all he puts in there. Yep, <laughs> some sort of voodoo magic. That's the real magic of the thing. Not that it does it properly, but it just takes one orange and turns it into like thirty oranges worth worth of juice. Uh, my favorite one was the walkie-talkie, like, cordless phone that didn't work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, only three feet away from the handset. Well, but that's the thing. It's interesting how much his family loves him because they know none of these products work. They approach them all with apprehension, but yet they still try and they still support him, which is, I think, one of the more endearing things about it this movie. Is. I actually, I totally agree. And that was my biggest observation was that wife is super patient and loves him, supports him 100% with all of this chaos. <laughs> and she's a badass, too. Like, she right? almost, almost saved the day before it turned into a yeah. long nightmare. Like, she took out, like, half of them. Yeah, get out of my kitchen, minutes. yo. Yeah, she did. 
But she, let's not forget them. She she is an enabler of of the dad's nonsense, which means she's also an enabler of Billy being a total Billy. little bitch. Wow, how do you feel about Billy? Tell do us. we really think Billy was a little bitch? Not we. Do you? Because I don't think the other three do, or the other no, two myself I, don't. Yeah, I don't. He is that classic sweet '80s main male character. Like there was very cliche characters mm. to me. You don't think so? I'm kind dude, of with Misty just, on this one. Dude's totally helpless. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> like I feel like I've seen that that Misty's starting that a gender character. war here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say it's it's always nice to see Corey Feldman in something. So and in this one, it was a total surprise because I had forgotten that he was in it. And then he shows up in that Christmas tree at the at the beginning. I was like, hey, it's Corey Feldman. I like that guy. Yeah, I agreed. Rob and I had a discussion once about his uh, his music video. Oh, that's such the a good video. Yeah. yeah, something <laughs> ascension is uh, something ascension, right? I believe that is correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. so good like it's brilliant it's a brilliant it's probably the best thing he's ever done um i mean i think lost boys <laughs> and then and then probably yeah. that video if i had to, yeah yeah dude you want to talk about the rules they laid down and didn't explain what would happen to him did anyone else feel like they were being really careless when when uh what was feldman's character's name when he goes up to billy's room to visit and check out the mogwai he's got a glass of something that he's drinking and he's so careless with it on the bed right next to Gizmo. Yeah. I'm like, dude, no. Yeah. Well, and then the fucked up part is you think that's what's going to get him, right? Because they make a whole point about him with the, the glass, and then it's not. He knocks over an artist set, the paintbrush, um, whatever, cleaning oh, yeah. cup. Yeah. Any other notes, Rob? So you going yes. through your little book there? First of all, the Corey <laughs> Feldman video is called Ascension Millennium. Everybody needs to watch it because uh it's ridiculous Corey feldman but it's a one-shot video like it's it's all shot it's a one-shot and the actual like choreography of the action is fucking impressive so um it might have been clever editing whatever but it's still for for a guy who everybody just thinks is a fuck up like i feel like that it was a really big achievement uh i have a note that says mr futterman would really love trump <laughs> Phoebe Cates is a real downer. <laughs> <laughs> Mogwai eating chicken is gross. Yeah, what's that that thing called when you can't stand the sounds of eating? Ooh, oh, yes. Miso yeah. misophenia. Misophenia, yeah. Um, pretty hard. Pretty hard. Why wasn't Why wasn't that chicken covered in in the fridge? At least like with yes. some saran wrap. But also, why did that kid just take what clearly was dinner, right? Because that wasn't leftovers. They were like 20 pieces of chicken on that plate. Just like takes it out of the fridge, runs it up to his room. Like mom doesn't say anything about it. Like like afterwards. Gonna feed my magic pets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about some of the things that makes Billy a little bitch. Uh First of all, okay, so Adam uh, from Oshkosh, whose legs don't work, just uh, commented, chicken is just gross. Uh, so I need to cut in with uh, an acknowledgement of the fact that Adam is allergic to chicken. And um, oh, 
which is that a weird allergy. Cool. Yeah. But uh, does it turn him into a little green he, monster that yeah. goes around destroying the town? Is that because he, Modwai also allergic to chicken, kind of? Yeah. He's, he's probably had some chicken because that's how I feel about him. But uh, when we were growing up as kids, if like he stayed over at my house, somehow magically that was the night that mom was making chicken without fail. Chicken was on the menu and he couldn't eat it. So he ate all the mashed potatoes, which pissed me off because I love mashed potatoes. Um, so I always hated it when he came over because dinner was always messed up. <laughs> Get off my mashed potatoes. So, on top of all the other stuff we said about Billy so far, can we all just acknowledge the fact that, um, uh, is it Stripe? Yeah. Yeah. Stripe breaks into the YMCA, jumps into the pool, Billy watches it happen, just looks for a few seconds, and then just leaves. Yeah. What do you want him to do? Literally uh, anything. Can, can, like, uh, <laughs> electricity in the pool, chemicals in the pool, like start a fire. I mean, like electrocute the pool. Spoiler alert: that's how they saved Gremlins too. Like that was the ending of Gremlins too. I was like, just stick some, like stick a, throw a toaster in the pool, and you're done. So people have a fight or flight response. Billy's is flight. Because he's a little bitch. <laughs> and, you know, in Billy's defense, he did turn this over to the very capable police force in that town already. He, he ran away from the school when the teacher <laughs> yes, died. He did. Yes. He ran away from All his right. house when the okay. gremlins hatched to go okay. to the school, ran away from yeah. there, ran away from he the YMCA. Did. He did have to run away from the school, though, because that's when he knew his mom was under attack. That's when uh, Stripe or whichever one knows to cut the phone cords while they're on the phone, <laughs> which uh, I'll let take me into some of the things that I'm really surprised gremlins know how to do. Um, at one point, one of them has, uh, has, has tampered with the wiring on a, on a uh, traffic light and is able to change yeah. it from, like, red to green. Like, I can guarantee you, if we were given, um, you know, two hours... And a ten thousand dollar prize. The four of us collectively could not make that happen. Nah. We oh, don't have no. we don't have a scriptwriter in our corner though. So this is very true. Yeah. Then uh, you know, there's there's the uh, we talked we mentioned briefly Mrs. Deagle's chair. The fact that they could accelerate it past what I have to assume is the function of the chair because it's supposed to take old people or, or handicapped people up and down the stairs. Yeah. I don't think at any point it's designed to go like 75 miles an hour or whatever that that speed was with which he was moving. <laughs> um, and that's beyond all the things that are already mentioned about them knowing the words to songs and being able to essentially speak English and, and whatever. So, yeah, it was work uh, a gun. They work know what a gun, gun is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like and multiple identify. times. It's not just once. It happens in the bar and <laughs> then it happens uh, towards towards the end at the at the whatever sporting goods store, whatever department store that they're in. And they, are, they, they know how to make cocktails. They know how to play poker. I was going to, yeah, the poker. And then they can drive. They can drive. Yeah. They know how to put on a trench coat and flash someone. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, I assume that was universal. We just, it's also everybody weird. learned a little Christmas fact about Livius. Now, now <laughs> that you, now that you mention it, did, did it strike you that there were any female gremlins? 
Well, yeah, or at least dressed up as, right? There was one like the dancing one. one. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I felt like they were all really distinctively male. Yeah. Like no, no girl gremlins. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back into trivia for a moment. Initially, when this was written, uh, uh, our, our, our hero, Gizmo, was actually supposed to become Stripe. So think about what a different movie that would have been if there wasn't a a hero Mogwai, you know, uh, around towards the end, if they all just became gremlins. I mean, that becomes a very different movie. Yeah, I don't think that this type of movie was ready for a complex character like that. They needed very <laughs> black they and white. They needed to sell toys. Evil. They needed yeah. to sell toys. Well, and they did. Um, oh, shit, I forget what it was, but... Um, Furbies were designed after Gizmo. Are you serious? Yep. Yep. Oh, I mean, it took, it took, creepy. it took like 10 years or whatever for them to come around, they, but they, they were there. Big blinking eyes, don't they? Yeah. They're like, uh, do you know, do you know what Gizmo really needs to sell more? The uncanny valley. Uh, that's what, that's what, that's what Gizmo, Gizmo needs. I hate it. Um, I thought I had another thing to talk about. Oh, so um, I, I I sent a joke. Any this is a joke that the besties will understand, but maybe not anybody else. So there's a movie theater scene, and there's another thing. Gremlins apparently know how to use an old school projection uh, machine because they wire they spool up fucking Snow White, which apparently for some reason is like their favorite movie. <laughs> does anybody have any insight into that or is it just like do you think it's a rights, from a, a rights thing? film from a filmmaking perspective um that was released on the same day as gremlins but like 60 years before that or whatever it was so you think it was like a insider kind of homage kind of thing there's there's a lot of them um so while we're on the movie theater uh the movies that are listed on the outside of the movie theater were the working names for two other Spielberg projects. It was E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. So those were the, the, the working skies. titles from. Yeah. So there, there were a number of things that were in that movie that were just um, inside um, nods to, to, to things. Um, by the way, that is the same town and the same movie theater that's featured in Back to the Future. That's. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that, but I didn't note that. But um, yep. I was like, they're in fucking Back to the Future town with a bunch of but, fake snow. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but the, here, the radio show billboard. The, yeah, the, the Indiana font Jones is the Indiana style. Jones font. Yep, yep. Uh, I did send a text to Misty and Jesse saying that the gremlin that um, was working in the projection booth's name is Chet, uh, because in the movie The Nice Guys, the projectionist's name is Chet, and he's just a real pain in the ass. <laughs> Fucking the Chet. Chets of the world. <laughs> I would say Chets of the world. Uh. My favorite trivia about Gremlins is it was directed by Joe Dante, mm-hmm. and what's the what's the character's name who has the plow, who's, who's drunk pretty much? Futterman. The Futterman. Uh, so yeah, Dick Miller. Dick Miller, until he died, was in every single movie that Joe Dante ever made. Oh wow! Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's the Ted Raimi. <laughs> yeah, he's been in. He was in almost every movie that Corman made too, or at least on Corman's wow. initial run as, as a movie director. 
so yeah, he came up with that school of people and was kind of always considered the everyman character. Yeah. And things. Mr. Futterman. Not a big fan of right. foreigners. Before we go, <laughs> before we go, to, by the way, he mentioned Zenith. Both of my parents worked at Zenith. Um, so uh, we'll go around for final thoughts before we go to wrap-ups. Jesse, anything else you want to address before we go into giving this some stars? No. Good. Misty? No. Rob, are you done flipping pages? It looked like you had like four pages of notes. Yeah. You were just like, hold well, we on. We watched two movies, so. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <It> just... <laughs> uh, you know, we joke about it, but it's it's still a great fucking fun movie to watch. That sounds like somebody who's ready to do their wrap-up. So, Rob, we'll pass it to you. Uh, so, like, we can always pick apart a movie for, um, like, the insane amount of suspension of disbelief that it requires or um, just the ridiculous characters or the things that characters do or the fact that Billy's a little bitch. Um, but it, just watching the movie from an entertainment perspective, it's a lot of fun. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention, but I did have a specific note of, is Gremlins laughing is super cute. And so, like, that little, like, <laughs> like that really fast, like, chittery laugh it's super cute like they could have done probably anything in the film as long as that little chittery laugh was happening somewhere on screen it would have been like all right i'm on i'm on board for this uh it's just fun and entertaining so uh um yeah it's 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 a great stupid movie and oh wait do i have to give it what kind of rating are we giving it i'm gonna we're give going it, with traditional stars i'm giving it uh five gizmos there we go five gizmos five gizmos it is um i did want to mention too and this was in my notes i forgot all about all about it um howie mandel is uh is the uh the voice of gizmo for anybody who's not aware i didn't know mm-hmm. yeah he's got that little bobby kind of sound to yeah. Him. Like a, yeah 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 uh, let's go to jesse um, I've always liked Gremlins. It's kind of just like it has. It's so full of all those references, and I think a lot of that is because where it, where and how it was made, and who made the movie too. Like, it's really kind of film geek special to me in that way because Chris Columbus wrote it, and he wrote probably my favorite, what would be considered more of a kids movie or more of like young adult movie before that was a thing with young Sherlock Holmes. Always loved that. Oh. He, his first directed film was Adventures in Babysitting, which I love. And, of course, Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins, has made so many great films, including Rock and Roll High School and The Howling. So I just always loved the entire team that put it together. And the ending is fantastic. It is not a conventional ending, especially for an 80s movie, especially for one geared towards a younger audience. So I super respect that they ended it in the fashion that they did when it could have gone a completely different way. So I've always thought it was just a really darn good movie. So definitely going to go four and a half on that one. Nice. And Misty. Yes. I actually had not seen this movie since I was a kid. It, if it came out in 84, I was two. So I imagine I was 
um, not two when I saw it, but fairly young. And I don't remember liking it very much. I definitely didn't rewatch it when I was younger. And I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed watching it uh, recently. I've watched it twice now since it was assigned as homework. Uh, to piggyback on Rob's comment about the chittering, yes. Like, my favorite parts of the movie are just the scenes with the gremlins taking over the town, wreaking havoc, and giggling all over the place. It's hysterical. All the different uh, dress-ups that they do and characters that they uh, pay homage to, because there is the poker scene. There's, like, a, a gangster. There's a, a robber. The Anyway, super fun. Loved it. Um, oh, my gosh, yes, the flasher. Anyway, so uh, to sum it up, five out of five gets most for me too all right um i uh, i did see this movie when i was young i did see gremlins too in the theater i did not see gremlins in the theater but um i did uh i've always enjoyed this movie despite its many um you know continuity flaws or or whatever you want to call it it is a just good wholesome borderline horror fun um and to piggyback on what you guys said, not necessarily about the chittering, but I, I'm with Misty. As ridiculous as as all of the uh, as all the things they did was, the enthusiasm with which they did it was just adorable. Like the sheer joy they got out of it was uh, was contagious. Like I found yeah. myself rooting for them to do more ridiculous things because they enjoyed it so much. Um, the ending, uh, yeah, a little non-traditional because you'd think that Gizmo would just live with Billy forever, and that's not the case. As, as its original owner or whatever you want to call him does come back and, and collect him because we're not ready um, for it um, was uh, was a little on the sad side. Um, and there's the very very touching moment where Gizmo asks to talk to Billy, yeah, and, and to say goodbye to him. So um, yeah. I'm going to hair up to you guys, and I'm going to go four and a half on this one. I, I love Gremlins. Uh, before we move on to, uh, or before we move off of Gremlins, Gremlins, I guess, I will say that I did also watch Gremlins 2. And I have just a couple of observations uh, about that movie. Has anybody seen it? Well, Livius, you saw it in the theater, but I don't know if you've seen it since then. Yeah. Um, um, I believe I've seen it once since then, but it's it's been years and years. So, a couple of observations. The two things I want to talk about, first of all, is Phoebe Case's character. Um, so, like, yeah. the, the big thing that... Uh, wow, Misty doesn't like Phoebe Cates, apparently. <laughs> the big thing about... No, I got annoyed with her in the bar not being able to get a, uh, that whole... Sit and, anyway, continue. Well, there's a really... So, like, she has that disturbing thing in the first movie... Yeah. And like they, they rehash that in the second movie, but it's like monumentally worse. Like, uh, do, you, do you do? Does anybody remember what her story is that she says in the second one? Oh mm -hmm. my god! All right. No. <laughs> so uh, something comes up about Abraham Lincoln, like his birthday was coming up or something like that, and she's like, "I hate that. I hate Abraham Lincoln's birthday or something like that. I hate Lincoln." And and then she goes into this whole like she starts to and you can tell Billy's like, oh, shit, here we go again. But she starts talking about um, her like traumatic Abraham Lincoln experience. And so her story is that she was like nine years old and she was like coming home from school or something. She was by herself. Someone stops her dressed as Abe Lincoln 
Oh, for heaven's sake. With a trench coat. And she's like, and, and, and then like, as she's starting to basically tell that the guy flashed her as dressed as Abe Lincoln, as a, when she's nine years old, like Billy's like, honey, we have to go or something like that. And he stops her. She was like, she was flashed at the age of nine by, by a guy dressed as Abe Lincoln, but she was flashed by a gremlin the exact same way in the first movie and in the second movie. So they're just piling on to this childhood trauma of a nine-year-old girl being essentially sexually assaulted by someone showing their naked body to her. Like, how fucking crazy is that? There was a lot of controversy around that in the first movie that um, some people thought either it was too dark for the movie or the fact that they tried to make it comedic. And, and I still don't know what the intention was, if that was supposed to be funny or if that was supposed to be morbid. But she does have that line. Um, I took it down. While everyone else is opening their presents, some people are opening their wrists. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Holy shit. It's such a... But, like, that darkness is absolutely earned by, like, the crazy shit that she has gone through. And it's just so weird. Like, it just exists, exists in such a... To, like, as a contrast to all of the... Especially in the second movie, they ramp up all of that playfulness and the... the 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 chaos and the randomness of everything so that that i'd be interested to hear if there was a reason for that because it's so like intentionally dark no one had to do that they did not have to add that to the movie um but i'm I'm happy that like the flashing thing followed through and became something where it's like wow that's so far from being a fun joke it's like pretty terrible um if they would have made more gremlins, I'm assuming they would have placed them on different holidays. And how many traumatic experiences do you think that character had <laughs> around, around, around holidays? You, yeah, Endlessly if you suffering. went to a third one, you'd have to. Like, it would become the thing that people look yeah. for in the movie. Yeah. Um, Adam, whose legs don't work, says they invented PG-13 for that movie. Yes, that is correct. Whoa. That is, that is correct. I did read that in the trivia. Um, I will say my experience, and this will probably be hard for Rob to process. I only say this because you watched it um, recently. Um, the theater I was in fell for that movie breaking in the in the middle of it. Nice. Yeah, people. Yeah, there's there's a scene where basically they try to imply the gremlins have broken the movie that you're watching on the screen, and it's done in such a way that that. that um, I felt like a lot of people, including myself, although I was just a kid at the time, kind of fell for oh, oh no, like the movie's broken. Like we, not that I thought it was Gremlins, but that legitimately the movie broke in the middle. Uh, general observation about Gremlins too. Uh, so it takes place in a uh, like a skyscraper, like a really futuristic skyscraper, um, and it's it, like the thing that I walked away thinking was you didn't really care about any of the characters because they're like, it wasn't someone whose hometown was besieged by these monsters or something. It was just like this corporate kind of shitty place. Everybody's pretty much shitty. Anyway, the CEO's shitty. Billy's boss is shitty. Like everybody who you see as a character is not, um, like a redeemable or like a, a character you could identify with. So the second movie is absolutely missing like you wanting them to get through this like weird gremlin infestation. So it kind of fell, I think a little bit uh, on the fact that it didn't give you like someone to care about, but 
they ramped up the the weird with like the genetic thing where they're turning into bats and fucking spiders and stuff like that. So uh, it was still entertaining, oh, but wow. like, yeah. Oh, that's the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh, I I need to watch it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, need need is a strong word from from what I remember. It's, it's entertaining. Rob who watched seriously. <laughs> it's definitely entertaining. Okay. They explore like, um, they basically take the idea that like so the gremlins like dress up as different characters in the first one, but in this one through like a, a random genetics lab that's in the building they actually become other things so they kind of expand on that thought it's it's entertaining but it kind of loses some of the, the the soul of like a small town and these like wholesome oh, people yeah. having to fight these monsters it's more just like monsters versus monsters in a way so uh but it was still entertaining not much gizmo in it though which is weird well so all right go. i'm gonna move us along to movie number two um, of the holiday office party episode. And uh, that was Scrooge, 1988 movie, directed by Richard Donner, uh, scored a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, which is 0.3 less than the movie we just discussed. Um, here is the one-line synopsis. A selfish, cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. Uh, the first thing that struck me was felt like I've seen this plot before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Olivia's. Rob, take us into the movie. Um, so doesn't it start off with a montage of films that are going to be played on the TV station? Um, and and I, I, for, I marked down the names of the movies. So it was like, so basically the movie starts out with... Um, TV people are pitching, I think, a, a line of, of films or whatever to Bill Murray's character, who's the president of the, the, the network. The movies are called The Night the Reindeer Died. Starring Lee Majors, <laughs> the $6 million man. Lee Majors. That's right. Uh, Been a good boy this year. <laughs> Bob Goulet's Cajun Christmas. I mean, he's like rowing on a boat and singing yeah. and shit. Uh Father Loves Beaver is the other one. So I'll leave it to Beaver film called Father oh, Loves Beaver. Probably out chasing Beaver. Out chasing Beaver. If I know your father, he's out chasing Beaver is the line. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's how it starts, and then like the pitch meeting, like you know, the lights come up, and then obviously Bill Murray gets to demonstrate that he's an asshole. He's got an idea uh, for like a commercial for. Oh wait, did they then run a trailer for the uh, the live thing? Yep. Yeah, basically, they're the the actual movies are chosen. What they're running are the advertisements, right. and he does not appreciate uh, the lameness of the. Uh, previews i guess so I he, tell you guys that I, I thought that that live action um like stuff uh was like newer like live action remakes of movies or whatever i thought that was born in like 2010 i was really surprised to see it in, in a movie that's whatever 30 something years old now yeah um so uh, he has this like insane like action movie trailer basically for for the same thing 
and everybody's like, oh, it was great. But like, really, they don't think about it. Bobcat Goldthwait speaks up. And I have a note. One of my first notes is when Bobcat Goldthwait is in a scene, you know, he'll have a prominent and underwhelming role. Oh. So there's there's my thoughts on that. Dude just cannot keep a bottle throughout the whole movie. <laughs> as uh, as I joked um, early on, this is obviously a play on Scrooge. Um, Bobcat Gold Goldwaith. Am I saying that name right? Goldwaith. He is. Yeah, he is the first casualty as he is fired and, and thrown out of the office by uh, by Bill Murray's character. Who incidentally is not Scrooge because they are putting on a production of Scrooge. He is just a modern day man. Mark Cross is that his name? Mark Xavier Cross, I remember I believe. So it is not right. a, a true like modern day retelling of the traditional story, but it follows um, the exact same principles: Ghost of Christmas Past, Ghost of Christmas Present, Ghost of Christmas Future, um, to a very predictable end, I think, um, at least for. Uh, most of it, because some of that, and we can get into that when we talk about trivia, some of that was not as predictable um, as, as it was written. <laughs> uh, does anybody remember what uh, Bill Murray's character uh, drinks, what his, his cocktail is that he drinks throughout the film? Vodka and Tab. What specific vodka? Stolichnaya. Stoli and Tab. That's his drink. Uh. Oh, so I'm a little that? disappointed Misty's not drinking Stoli and Tab right now, even though I don't think Tab exists anymore. I'm yeah, I believe Tab was phased out recently, right? In the Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah it was yes. like three weeks ago, I think, they announced yeah. that. Yeah. Where do I find it in a store somewhere? I do have a note that uh, this movie really nails the arbitrary and insane culture of Hollywood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Like, if you think about the way that the executives interact and how, like, decisions are made and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're talking about advertising to dogs and cats. Yeah. Do you know cats watch Ten- television, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, shit, yeah. And speaking of drinks in the movie, too, did anyone catch that when Bill Murray's sitting in the restaurant with Robert Mitchum's character that they both just order highballs? Yeah. But a, high, a highball isn't a singular thing. Oh. So it's like, it's just, it's vague and confusing. Like, how do they know what to bring them? Because they both end up with different drinks, too. <laughs> Good call, Jesse, because if I was trying to be a badass at a bar, I'd probably order a highball, and I did not know that that would not just get me a drink. <laughs> so you're, say, you're saying it's the equivalent of when someone walks into a bar and says, I'll have a beer, and then yeah, someone just gets much. them a beer, right? Like, is that, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. That's funny. Um, I don't know how many notes I'm going to have about this because a lot of my notes are just like this person, this character plays so and so in another movie. Like, oh, um, wow. like there's uh, early on in the movie, there's a scene where Bill Murray's walking somewhere. I think he's walking to the direct. He, he's walking somewhere, and they go past a like feed the starving musician kind of thing, and it's Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. This movie has it's an insane cast. Just- Paul Schaefer, and I'm not going to try to dig up the trivia, but I did read it. It's like Paul Schaefer, like Miles Davis, like some other music, famous musicians for like known known musicians. But yeah, if we if we did cameos in this, I, I think that would take up half an hour. It's it's literally it's the entire movie's one giant cameo, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Even Mary Lou Retton. 
Which, oh, yeah. oh, I have a yeah. I think my note about her is that she is the most tragically undercast like person in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, she's. I don't even think. I don't even think she got to do the backflip twice. <laughs> I think the scene that we see in the trailer is actually recycled from later in the movie when she does it when we see it. So I, I think that that's her entire role is is to, is the just to do that backflip. Yeah. For anybody who's not familiar, Mary Lou Retton, American gold medalist gymnast who is only four foot nine, if memory serves correctly. She's a tiny little thing that won the gold medal in 1984, I think. I think that's right. There you go. I have no notes for this movie um, because that would require this movie to be noteworthy. (laughs) Shots motherfucking fired. And um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe interject here and there if something comes to mind, but I'm probably gonna leave the discussion to you three. I've got to tell you, um, coming off of Gremlins, and I, I saw that this a- this afternoon, so I, I saw this movie five hours ago. Um, I was really underwhelmed. Now my exposure to Bill Murray is not really great or wide. Um, I did absolutely love him in Lost in Translation, and uh, obviously in Groundhog Day. And, and I was expecting something more like Groundhog Day, and I don't know what it is that I got. So that's kind of, uh, I'll probably let that serve as my wrap-up at, at this <laughs> point, but I, I was really uh, underwhelmed at what, to can, me, was a really messy movie. Can I can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you find Bill Murray unlikable? No, I thought Bill Murray did a good job. I, I mean, I, I thought the plot, I, I thought the script, I should say, the plot is, is well-trod, but... I don't know, man. Like, I didn't... Like, that second ghost, the ghost of Christmas present that just assaults him the entire time, I found just annoying. And, and like, she was saying things I didn't quite understand, like, making references to things I didn't get. I I was just... I I had trouble latching on to anything in this movie to root for. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I, I feel like I'm probably in between the two worlds. Um, I don't know if I dislike it as much as Livius, but honestly, the thing I like most about Scrooge are the other players in the movie. Like, I, to the, I've always like ever since it came out, like I love that David Johansson's the cab driver because he was a singer in the New York Dolls, which has always been one of my favorite punk bands. Plus your and point, Karen Dexter? Allen, David Johansson. <laughs> Oh shit! I got it wrong. Oh my god. That that job was uh, was originally meant to go to Sam Kinison, and then there was a change made because that guy was friends with one of the producers or or something. Something I read in the trivia, but originally that was a uh, oh nice that was a Sam Kinison is who they they were getting for that. I could see him in that role too. No, Definitely. I think that I, I like the I like it where they landed with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Kinnison fan, though. Guess I don't have to worry about that much. I mean, I, I can see Kinnison in the role, but if he would have been in it, now that I think about it, bouncing off of what Livius was saying, it would have been too, too frantic with the ghost because Kinnison would basically act probably the way Carol Kane acted. You know, I was just gonna say it would be very similar. I feel to the ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah. But I do love that David Johansson's in the movie, and Karen Allen is 
my other favorite character. So Bill Murray really isn't the highlight of the movie for me. Um, the scene in which she pulls on his lip, um, she did it so hard they actually stopped production for a few days. Oh, I guess she actually injured Bill Murray's lip. No way. Yeah. Again, I'm only going off IMDb trivia, which I do believe is user submitted. So the things I've said tonight are all kind of based on things I read on, on IMDb trivia. Well, I have a note that maybe someone can, can and Livia, you saw this tonight, so maybe it's fresher in your mind. I do have a note that says maybe the second best business card scene in movies. Apart from American Psycho? Yeah, so was there a business card? What happened in the business card scene in this movie? I, nothing that stands out. The only business card was his uh, his ex girlfriend giving him giving him well, a business I card. Think and it's then... the way she's holding it, it's super awkward. Oh, like it's right that's on what camera. It was, it was sarcasm like, because her finger placement is like so awkward. Like... It's like if I was handing you this product and I went, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it is so terrible it's so bad it's so what james what david james keaton would call poor hand acting the worst hand <laughs> acting um that's what it was so it's sarcasm i was like yeah, but it yeah, was yeah, yeah, like yeah. they you could tell that they're like we got to get coverage of this fucking business yeah. card seriously they need to know where she is arms of hope or something like that oh yeah. my god yeah. um and tim allen is wonderful she's she is the best part other than bill she Murray. played claire right yeah, Claire. Yeah. yeah. I uh, it took me I couldn't figure out where I knew her from and she is Everything. the Everything. She's Marion well, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank yeah. you. That's that's where The heavy yeah. drinker is what I wrote. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's the only thing I know her from, I think. I mean, unless you guys are going to correct me on that. Um Go ahead. Uh moving on to something else, so unless you have a thought. Oh, no. I was going to say she was in um Animal House too. Oh, it's been so long since I saw that. Um, there was a Richard Pryor joke that, like, it was such an under-the-radar joke, but, like, someone oh, was... Oh, when he's like, I thought you were Richard Pryor? Because he was on fire or something. So, like, was there... <laughs> you know, I thought Richard, you were Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor got, got high on cocaine and apparently set him, somehow he set himself freebasing. on fire and was running down the street. Yeah, yeah he's freebasing. On yeah. fire, yep. So that Richard Pryor joke was like probably super timely and like, but for like <laughs> nowadays, if someone watches this, they'd be like, I don't even understand what they're talking about. But I was like, God damn, that was a good joke. Yeah. Um, to the uh, there's a lot of ad libbing that happened um, in this, mostly on Bill Murray's part, and apparently he's he's this is something he's kind of known for. And and the yeah. thing I alluded to when we started talking about this, while Rob looks through his notes. The whole talking, the the breaking the fourth wall at the end, although he's not necessarily, I mean, he's doing it, right? But he's also on television, um, was completely ad-libbed. It was not part of the original scre uh, script. So that's why when I said that it ended probably a surprising way, even for like the screenwriters, is that wasn't written. That whole kind of him talking directly to you, like moviegoers, mm -hmm. was uh, was was all all made up on the spot. Yeah. Um, he does do that. That happens in Ghostbusters too. Like if you watch any of the um, the stuff about it being made, so when he walks into Sigourney Weaver's apartment and does the thing on the piano and says they hate this, that was completely improv. He um, and I think that's what I 
I love so much about Bill Murray's character in this is I think his delivery is obviously not scripted. There's something about the way that he speaks that just sounds natural to me or like like that's a real reaction instead of a like rehearsed scripted. But I'm also just a huge fan. We share a birthday. Oh, there it is. (laughs) It all comes out. Oh, you look you look good for seventy, Misty. <laughs> um, couple of I have a couple of random things. Uh, in the sewer, like he gets transported uh, under underground to where like the bum <laughs> is frozen to death, and his yeah, his, his opening mar- his opening remark is, "Where are we, Trump Tower?" totally different meaning today than when that film was made um so there was a thing uh in the in the for the ghost of christmas i guess future is the big skeleton it's it's death right yeah um and then the joke is that he sees the tv one thinking it's the real one but then later sees the real one the tv one he jokingly says something along the lines of that um the guy the actor in the costume has um, like a great future ahead of him. So I looked at who the actor was who was in the costume and I looked up his IMDb. That's definitely not the the case. Like (laughs) that guy was in like three things. So uh, definitely got that prediction wrong. I want to applaud Rob. That was a brilliant little bit of investigative uh, uh, reviewerism. <laughs> I was going to say journalism, but I don't think that's quite what it was. Yeah, that I like that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to point out that um, I don't pay much attention to directors and producers and, and that kind of stuff. So, But while I was reading through the trivia, I was alarmed to find out that this Richard Donner guy, who apparently has done some things... Um, directed this movie in between in between um lethal weapon one and lethal weapon two which are amazing movies which made this a little bit worse for me <laughs> like this somehow i was like oh the guy who's responsible for those movies also responsible for this one i think you're being a little hard on it um i love it mary lou retton probably the most under underused person in this movie is what i wrote <laughs> oh so um I, I i do have one criticism but the first thing i'm the, the one thing i'm going to say so at the end at the very end when he's like talking to the camera all that shit's going on um because he figured he finally knows what christmas is about or whatever um right before oh shit just knocked my phone all over the place Right before he goes into his like end of the episode Saturday Night Live thing where he's talking at the camera, like you know it's because he's a Saturday Night Live guy that he did that kind of shit. Um, he, it's the only time that her his uh, his assistant, like her little kid who doesn't speak the whole film, yep. he speaks, and that's like yeah. his Christmas miracle or whatever. Yeah, I just want to point out that that was like that was his his kind of christmas miracle was specifically like getting that boy to to finally talk um, yeah because he's like tiny tim yeah that was all the... right okay i wasn't gonna bring it up but what exactly did he do that got that kid to speak like i understand the whole tiny tim thing and i thought it was very touching that that boy finally talked all i'm saying is bill murray had 
zero impact on that happening. I don't think his kid listened to that impassioned Christmas speech and then was like, I'm going to start talking again. Like what I would have liked to have seen a little bit of redemption for this movie was there to be something where maybe mom was a little more down and out. Maybe it was a little more like tiny Tim's family. And somehow, you know, he brought some joy to their lives, you know, make their lives easier. It's like the kid watched this unhinged um, TV executive, like go on a Christmas rant. And all of a sudden was like, now I'm going to speak for the first time since I watched my father die. I was just, I didn't, like I would have preferred a little more schlock in that part of the movie than all the other schlock that we got in in the rest of it. Which actually kind of leads into my one criticism. And it's not a criticism of this film. It's a criticism of the story that this film is based on. Is I give a fuck about a woe is me rich person story. Like, fuck you. I don't care if you don't know how to love and you just like because of that are mean to everybody get out of here with that like who cares like the the like the happiness of everybody in this film hinges on this one rich guy's emotional whims he doesn't deserve a redemption like he doesn't deserve to have a happy ending based on all of the misery that he has obviously perpetrated on everybody that's close to him for the entire movie I somewhat agree with you. Um, I, I think that he doesn't deserve to be elevated by other people. I think from a standpoint of like a character transition story, this is really kind of what, right? Like he grows as a person because he's able to see these things. But in all of these retellings, the original, it's like he's heralded by people for having this redemption. Like, I, I think it would probably be a little more poignant. I think you're right. If he got his redemption, but it was quiet and internal versus, uh, I don't know. I was going to say more like George Bailey, but there's a pretty similar scene at the end of it's a wonderful life. So not, not, but you know what I mean? Where like he has redeemed his own belief in life and, and how he's going to proceed forward as a person without all the heraldry. Right. No, like what really should happen is he has this fucking epiphany and he thinks that he's just discovered how like life should exist. And everybody's like, yeah, we've been there a long time, or they just don't give a fuck at all and don't say anything. Um, you guys ready to go to wrap-ups on this one? Or? <laughs> I think that's probably yeah. a good idea. Um, I'm going to go first so that we can end this on the on an up note. I just I just didn't connect with this movie. Um, I, I, I Although it was chuckle worthy in, in a few parts it's really not my type of movie and, and probably about 15 minutes in, i, I knew i was like yeah I'm, i this is going to be more of a chore than, than a, a, something i'm going to enjoy um i i am going to give it a two i don't even know if i'm gonna say anything else i'm just going to give it a two and call it a day so uh we'll go to misty oh you don't want to end with me let's, uh, end, with misty. <laughs> let's end with misty rob what do you got uh I, I think that uh, I there like I, I I aired my one grievance, which is like I think that the foundational elements of of his redemptive arc and how it impacts other people is flawed as a storytelling device in general, um, and it shouldn't be. It's all too often like don't get me started on billionaires. Batman is the worst thing for Gotham, but that's a whole different like conversation. Um, 
Uh, Livy's just like, what? Uh, and also, it's Christmas time, so Batman smells. Uh, but um, it's it's a it's an entertaining movie. It's 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 a fun, goofy thing. I will point out that there are four Murrays in this movie. Three of them are related: Bill Murray and two of his brothers, yeah. and then also yeah. Brian Doyle Murray. So you get a little bonus Murray, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> although. I'm kind of with Livius. I didn't get the the Bill Murray that I was like that I like to see in films. Like I think, but I think it's because he had to play an unlikable character, and he's just not as entertaining as a unlikable character as he is when he's being like Pete Venkman or something like that. So um, where he's lovable and charming and stuff. Um, so. That missed the mark for me a little bit. Otherwise, it's it's a fine movie. It's entertaining. I really enjoyed, now that I'm seeing this in the present day, being like, oh, she's from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, that person's from this movie. And like picking out where all the cast has been seen and other stuff. Um, so I enjoyed it. I don't have anything like otherwise bad to say about it. And it's getting four Tiny Tims. <laughs> or Mary Lou <laughs> give us something so yeah i don't really have much on this on this movie i'm gonna i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a half for karen allen i'm gonna give another half for david johansson and i'm gonna throw in another half for wendy malick uh bill murray's brother's girlfriend who's an awesome awesome character actor so that's i'm giving it one and a half tiny tims that's not a lot of tiny tims (laughs) That is some brutal stuff, guys. Um, this is my favorite holiday <laughs> movie. <laughs> I have watched it, not because it's homework, because I do this every year, uh, at least 10 times since Thanksgiving. I will say I have never put a critical eye on it. I've, it's been my favorite movie uh, or holiday movie for a very long time, maybe since I was a kid. I do love Bill Murray and almost think he can do no wrong when it comes to what I watch him in. So there's that as well. Um, Just one thing about, you know, him not deserving redemption. Him in the past, he came from a working class family and then he worked him like, you know, there was a lot. He he wasn't just always had that. Anyway, so I'm going to give it five out of five tiny Tim's. And I appreciate you guys watching it. Adam, whose legs don't work, says, screw you, Ebenezer. And I feel like that might be directed at me. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Although I think you gave it a bigger rating than Jesse did. I did. This I did. True. Yeah. So, I guess I'm the um, Ebenezer. <laughs> Misty, your favorite holiday movie, really? Oh, I love it so much. I do. I just put it. I, oh, I love the way he says stuff. Like no. better than it, better than it's a wonderful life, miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, yeah, um, Gremlins, fucking Die Hard, whatever. I mean, you guys will <laughs> kiss, call kiss, anything. Bang, bang, the yeah. nice guy. I mean, I if there's it, yeah, like... if there's a little bit of snow on the ground, you guys will refer to anything as a Christmas movie. So this is a top out of like, you know. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. All right, Livius, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Yeah. Um, probably it's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, and if we're going to call Die Hard a Christmas movie, it's probably really close between those two. 
Uh, Rob, I guess we should go around. Misty said hers. Rob, favorite Christmas movie? Uh, that's. Uh, I'm going to deflect from that because I can't think of one at the moment by saying that I was driving around uh, in the city in Chicago uh, yesterday and we drove past a house that was that had Christmas decorations, but it was Nightmare Before Christmas decorations. So Jack Skellington and um, like the girl he refuses to acknowledge. What's her name? Sally. Sally. Um, like excellently done, um, like life-size dolls or whatever on the roof of this house with like the sleigh and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Also, that's a shitty Christmas movie. Um so that's not it. That's not my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie. I, I I tell you, I always considered that a Halloween movie. I do too. Yeah, it's got Christmas in the title. Anyway. Oh yeah, I know. That was me. No, it it technically is, and I think it's on like Christmas movie lists. But I also have only watched it during Halloween season. That was my filibuster. I would say that, um, although. <laughs> uh, uh, after recent reviewing like the thing i think about at christmas because i don't like I don't, there's not something that i watch every year um the thing that i think about i think the thing that i tie christmas most to would be the charlie brown christmas although we kind of tore that up when we talked about it um but i'm just gonna say i watched the movie the nice guys like probably as many times a year as misty watches scrooged and that is absolutely a Christmas film, intentionally so, and so that's my choice. Jesse, please, Black please. Christmas. Oh God! All right, not okay. the 2019 one though, right? <laughs> I actually really, really like that one, but I'm talking about the original. And there's three. It's been remade twice. Yep. There was one in the the first part, the first decade of the 2000s. Yep. One came out. Um, from IMDb, 7.2, which does rank better than Scrooge. Uh, 1974, during the Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. I have not seen this, Jesse. It's classic. It's really good. It's a slasher movie that came out before Halloween, and the guy who directed it also directed A Christmas Story. Get out of town! That's my dad's favorite one. I've got to tell you, as much as, you know, I want to say that you sold me on this, uh, Margot Kidder, a childhood crush of mine, is in this. That's enough to get me to watch it. Margot Kidder's pretty aces. Faux show. All right. That's our two um, Christmas movies uh, reviewed with, um, with with some difference in Scrooge in, in ratings. I, I think we all were pretty on the on the same page about Gremlins. Um, everything OK? Everyone all right? Here's some yeah. weird There's noises something the going on in the oh, parking okay. lot next to my apartment building. I don't know what's going on. I was like, Misty's dog is way too small to make that much noise. To me, it kind of sounded like a big dog running on a wood floor. But <laughs> it's like, I don't think Misty's dog makes that much noise no. ever. No, and she is passed out. The final thing too, too on much this dog evening's... Listen. <laughs> <laughs> that party yesterday. <laughs> Um, the final segment we have uh, for this evening is a quiz. Rob, I'm going to ask you to keep score because we are going to have our two guest hosts um, battle it out uh, over this. I'm not going to drag drag you into this. There are 20-ish, I think it's 19 questions that we're going to go through. 
Um, I will say um, I should probably give credit where credit is due, and that would be to the or Scotsman.com. This is I edited out some, so it's 25 Christmas pub quiz questions 2020. Um, so if you're planning on going to a pub somewhere in Scotland um, where you think you might be doing trivia, you should pay attention because most of the questions will be on here. I'll explain. I edited out the ones that were kind of Scotland specific that I didn't think our uh, our two guest hosts would have any chance of getting. And I did keep it to the ones that I thought were, were most likely that you guys had a shot at, uh, at answering. And now I uh, realize I closed the window I had it open. And so, Rob, cover me for a minute while I find what I did with this. I want to break in. First of all, Jesse looked like he had something to say. Is that correct or no? Yeah, I just had my hand up. I was going to say, uh, is it cool if I grab another drink quick before? Absolutely. Do it. Well, Jesse's grabbing a drink. Uh, I want to bring up a comment that came along through the comments from Adam in Oshkosh, whose legs don't work, um, who, by the way, uh, is famous for doing a TED Talk. So that's pretty cool. Um, he did a TED Talk. It's pretty great. I think it's called uh, um, something about having like giving people superpowers and smiling or something. Anyway, it's good. Everybody should watch it. Um, don't look for Adam and Oshkosh, whose legs don't work. Um, but it's the Oshkosh TEDx. Um, so everybody should oh. check that out. Anyway, uh, he says, Home Alone may be my favorite Christmas movie with the caveat that Kevin should be brought up on charges. We did talk about Home Alone on a previous uh, holiday episode, one of the recent <laughs> ones, um, and I think we all kind of fell in the middle on that one more than anything. Um, uh, although uh, I haven't watched the second one in a while, and um, I might want to check it out just for the sake of it. But there's like f- there's four or five I want to say Home Alone movies. Like the third one doesn't even have Macaulay Culkin in it, no, and then like, it, and I think that subsequent ones might, but um, yeah, ugh, Home Alone. Anyway, twenty twenty, a great year to do another Home Alone sequel. There you go. Or just someone watching Netflix because there's nowhere else for them to go. But probably not alone because everybody's at home. Unless yeah, you but live alone, which home. you're home alone yeah, every day. Exactly. So yep. that's yeah. me. All right, here we go. Um, I, I, I will have both of you answer um, each of these questions, and I guess uh, we'll try to alternate who answers first. So we'll start with, uh, with Misty. Bring it on. Astronauts broadcast which Christmas song from space in 1965? By the way, these are not multiple choice. You just have to know the answer. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. No Googling. Here's what I'll say. Okay. All right. So Space Odyssey is her answer. I don't, Jesse? What's the, one, what's the one that ground controlled a major Tom? What's you said it's the a question Christmas again? Song. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesse, you've got a chance to jump in the lead just by paying attention. Astronauts. Astronauts broadcast which Christmas song from space in 1965? I am now. See, the funny thing is, I I heard the question the first time, and I was still gonna give a David Bowie song <laughs> as, as an answer. But since since that's obviously obviously incorrect, I'll I'll pick a Christmas song in here, and I'll just say it's um 
Silent Night. All right, the correct answer, Jingle Bells, zero points awarded. <laughs> Doing which Christmas... Oh, so this is going to go to Jesse. Doing which Christmas activity sends roughly 14,700 Americans to emergency room every year? Drinking. All right, we have one answer for drinking. Misty was very excited, even though I told her Jesse was going to answer the question. She still had her hand up. You must have been a really annoying student. Misty. I was, I was Hermione Granger. She was Hermione, yeah. Yeah. Um, crap, and I had to enter my mind, but let's go with ice skating. All right, both of those are incorrect. It is Christmas decorating. That was my second That was my second choice, too. After, after two terrible... Um, answers. Uh, we are tied at zero. Uh, question number three. This one goes to Misty. Mistletoe literally translates from Anglo-Saxon as what on a stick? This is some bogus garbage. Uh, mistletoe. Kissing flower. Kissing flower on a stick. Um, Jesse, what do you have? <laughs> we kiss under it i don't know i like the word i like where your head's at Misty. <laughs> plant all right so the, the the correct answer is dung <gasps> dung on a stick poop on a stick no way this one goes to jesse what christmas what decoration was originally made from strands of silver I'm Wait, ready. So Christmas decorations have names. I have a guess. I have a guess if they both get it wrong. Yep. Um, tinsel. Okay. Tinsel. tinsel. All right. Rob, what was your guess? My guess was tinsel. Tinsel. Hey. One point to everybody. Everybody yeah. gets a point. Rob, put yourself in for a point on this one. Uh, I mean, Rob, really, it's tied after five. If you want to jump in on this, by all means, you don't have to let them be the only ones. So, um. We'll go to Rob. We'll go to Rob for this no. one. You sure you don't want me to add no, you? No, 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 no. All right, okay. I'm just going to tally up my scores on my own um, to see That's her. to show you how okay. many I got right. But I'll be quiet. Um, uh, Misty, who played Scrooge in the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, son of a bee. I have no this idea. one's tough. Yeah. I'll be honest. This one's tough. Bill Murray. Jesse. Which movie was it again? The Muppet, Muppet Christmas, Carol? Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, Robert Mitchum. Uh, Jesse was a lot closer. Michael Caine played Scrooge in the Muppet no Christmas way. Carol. Yeah, I would never would have guessed that. Nope. Well, you'll next year. That'll probably be our movie. <laughs> Jesse, I really hope that everyone can get this one right. According to the folklore of Austria. That's all I should have to say, and I should you guys should be able to give me an answer, but I'll read the rest of the question. What horned figure punishes naughty children at Christmas time? Krampus. Misty? Krampus. All right. Or one, Krampus as others. One point. Yeah. <laughs> one point each. Misty. In which modern day country was Saint Nicholas born? I have no hope of anybody getting this one. Norway. 
Jesse? St. Nicholas. Holland. Rob, you want to jump in on this one? Uh, I, think? I was jokingly in my mind saying Latvia. Rob, closest. Um, Turkey. Damn it. Turkey. No. Yep. Turkey is where St. Nicholas was born. Yep. Uh, I believe we're on to Jesse for this one. In Christmas Carol, in the Christmas Carol, the 12 days of Christmas, which gift is offered on the seventh day? If you want to sing through them, we're happy to listen. Lord's Leaping. All right, Misty. I hope you're right. I strongly recommend you sing through this one, Misty. (laughs) Oh, I know what it is now. (laughs) Seven Swans of Swimming. One point awarded to Misty. So Misty has, I believe, taken the lead. Is that is that accurate, Rob? We've got okay. Misty with three, Jesse with two, and Rob with a ghost three. Oh, all right. Misty, which Christmas beverage is also known as milk punch? Eggnog. Jesse? Eggnog. Rob? Eggnog. All right. Yeah, eggnog it is. Give everyone a point. Some of Even these get milk, really milk punch is a thing all its own though. Some of these get really, um, really easy. Like this next one, I, I mean, I, I think is easy. Um, in the movie, it's a Wonderful Life, which we just referenced moments ago is my favorite Christmas movie. What happened every time a bell rang? Wait, whose turn is it? It's your turn, it's Jesse. Oh, an angel gets its wings. Yeah. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Thank you, Zuzu. I appreciate it. <laughs> One point for everybody, Rob, in case you weren't aware that that's the right answer. Uh, Misty, what's the name? Oh, here's here's the other movie we just talked about. What's the? So I feel like Misty will get this. What's the name of the main villain in The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, Jack Skellington. Or right. Oogie Boogie. Like, what? Are, I, what I, I, I made a judgment accept- on that. <laughs> I will I will accept that. Um, but the main villain, I, I feel, will take your answers into consideration. Jesse. Thank you. Um, I know who the main villain is. I don't remember the character's name. It's the scientist, dude. <laughs> oh. Well, I, okay. I, I don't know that we can accept that as an answer without <laughs> the name. Um, but we're going to award one point to Misty for Oogie Boogie being the villain. I don't believe that was the scientist, right? That was not no. the scientist. It was yeah. Um, that's all right. So was mean too, though. That's kind of bullshit. We're, He's a bad dude. Is uh, Misty's up by two now? Jesse, we got to get you going on on this. So, uh, in which popular American TV series does the idea of Chrismica originate? I will say that I proudly knew this one without even thinking about it. Like, I had to copy, like, the answers to the question. So, oh, yeah. Fuck. The thought I'm having was, was is based along the, well, of course it would fucking be this show. So... I don't know if does that am I on the right track, Livius? Um, I I think you are. I think you might have it a little wrong, but I definitely It's the OC. Okay, so we have one vote for the OC, Misty. 
Jesse, you've really confused me with your answer, and normally I feel like you guide me a bit. Um, can you tell? Can you just say the question again? What yes. television series? In which popular American TV series does the idea of Christmaka originate? It's a mashup between Christmas and Hanukkah. If Get out of town. Yeah. Get out of town. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. That 70s show? I don't know. Uh, Rob, what were oh, you thinking? Oh, my guess was Friends. <laughs> oh, good lord, no. Um, Jesse is correct. The OC. Ooh, Jesse. I'm on the floor. <laughs> Jesse, please forgive me for everything. Jesse, Je- Jesse, Jesse and I both big fans of the OC. My ex-husband used to like that show. I I have watched like one season of it. I can't believe Jesse, you've watched it too. Is that a CW show? You no, fucking know it. Was it. Fox. Watched it. No, it, it was a Fox show. The the, <laughs> the the people who produced it, the people who produced it, did go on to do Gossip Girl on the CW. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Uh, so we are back to Misty. What Wait. does Noel mean in Latin? Not him. Okay. Very good. I like that. I like that. Jesse. Hello. Even even Spanish speaking people are rolling their eyes at you, Missy. I just want you to know that. Not not him. No L. Not him. It makes sense. Wait, what was Jesse's answer? Hello. Hello. Hello, um, Rob. Do you have a Do you have a guess at this one? Night. Uh, it, birth. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Jesse. The dead language. The, the German. <laughs> the German Nazi regime replaced Santa Claus with which figure? Hitler. Okay, Misty. Honestly, that was going to be my answer, Hitler. <laughs> Okay. Um, Odin. Odin is the answer. It's kind of weird. Uh, Odin. Odin yeah. was a Greek. No. Oh, Norse. yeah, Greek god, right? Norse He's Norse. a Norse god. He's the Allfather. Is I taken yeah. out uh, for? I... Uh, Misty. The custom of erecting a Christmas tree originated from which country? I'm going to go with Norway again. Okay. Jesse? <laughs> uh, Denmark. So the correct answer, Germany. No. That was my other choice. Jesse, all right, here's here's maybe one of the hardest ones because this just takes some imagination and guesswork. The official record for the tallest snowman is held by the U.S. town of Bethel, Maine. To the nearest 10 feet, how tall was it? Holy shit. To the nearest 10 feet? Yeah. Like made out of real snow? Uh, I, I, all I have is the question. I'm going okay. to assume that a snowman is made out of snow, yes. 180. We have 180 feet, Misty. That is really tall, Jesse. Um... I'm just gonna go with like fifty feet. Fifty feet, okay. Rob, do you have a do you have a weigh in on this one? Eighty. All right, one hundred and twenty feet. 
pretty big snowman. That is a huge snowman. Hey, closest right. without going over. If we're doing prices right rules, we are not doing prices right rules. Yeah. Misty's still ahead by one, I believe. Correct. Misty yeah. has six. Jesse has five. Rob, ghost, ghost answers. What ghost do you got? Six. Six. Okay. Um, in Catalonia. Jesus Christ! I don't even know. Why. Oh, I know why I selected this it's one. Part of Spain, in, Misty. In Catalonia, the Cagotillo. A cherry festive log is fed treats until it does what? I'm I'm sorry. Could I hear that question one in, more time? In Catalonia, the Cago, I'm sorry, the Caga Tio, a, a cherry festive log is fed treats until it does what? So they are feeding a log? Apparently. Until it bursts. Okay. Jesse, do you have an answer on this one? There's no chance you're getting this. I just, this is such a ridiculous answer. <laughs> they feed it, they feed it treats until it's Christmas morning. <laughs> I like that, but uh, no, that's incorrect. I'm going to read verbatim the answer. Poos, gifts, or chocolate? Seven. They... <laughs> Go seven. They feed it treats until it poos chocolate. Why not just eat the fucking treats? Because that sounds so much less disgusting. I got that shit right, motherfuckers. All right. Swedes... Swedes traditionally celebrate Christmas Eve by watching which famous cartoon? And I will say that this is a cartoon we we all know. The the character in, that they reference is a character we all know, even though this is a specifically Swedish question. Whose turn is it? Yours. Oh, <clears throat> the Grinch stole Christmas. Okay, Misty. Frosty the Snowman. Donald Duck. What? Yeah, that's the answer. Donald Duck. Um, if we were tied, I, I left one as a, a bonus. I'm going to go ahead and ask it. I know we're not tied and Misty has won this, but I guess I guess Jesse has a chance to, to, to catch up. Now, mind you, the reason this is on here and I didn't want to add it is because this is specifically um, a question relating to uh, Scotland. So, and And I think... Maybe Scotland uses the British music charts, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't think anyone's going to get it, but it's kind of an interesting question. Which pop song has won the Christmas singles chart number one twice? It is not a Christmas song, but I will say, um, I will give you guys a hint. I believe it is the most played song on the radio ever in the United States. Missy, it's your turn. Oh, oh I, I guess I should have said that. That's okay. Oh, I thought it was Jesse's chance to to tie me. Uh, so, oh gosh, I wasn't even thinking. Um, Let's see if I can make it to Ghost Eight. Don't even have an answer. 
What song is the most played Christmas song in Britain? Well, Misty doesn't even listen to the questions. That's the <laughs> disturbing part. I told you I didn't know I was going first. Which pop song has won the Christmas singles chart number one two different times? I was saying that I do believe it still holds a record in the United States as the most played song on radio. I don't know if that still holds true in 2020, but as of probably four or five years ago, that was the case. Just think of the song you fucking hate the most at Christmas. I know, that's what I was... Uh... It is not a Christmas song, guys. Oh. Even by your guys' weird definition of how something <laughs> is Christmas, it is not a Christmas song. Rob, I think I know what you were thinking of, though. <laughs> I'm not making it to Ghost State. No, and I'm not either. Um, I, uh, I, I don't have anything yesterday. That's all I got. I got Let It Be. All right, we've got two wrong answers from Misty. Jesse. Smooth. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Rob, were, were, you, were you on like Mariah Carey? Is yeah. that what you were, you were thinking? Yeah. Oddly enough, the answer is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Shut your mouth. I can see that. Whoa, who's got the... Uh... Is you, Livius? All right, the, the car sounds. Yes. <laughs> So um, we have a winner, and that is Misty with eight, seven. How many, Rob? Six. With six. Misty has six. Uh, Jesse has five. Now we have an unofficial winner in Rob with ghost, <laughs> with ghost tallying over there. Ghost seven. Yeah. Uh, what does Misty so, uh, win? Um, uh, nothing, because god damn it, that was awful. So I, that, was, that was a poor performance there, that Misty. I gotta tell you. Not as poor as Jesse's, but yeah, that was uh, almost I, as I, poor as Jesse's. I, I really, I, when I was looking at this, I actually thought so many of these were too easy, and then it didn't. It didn't turn out that way. Do you guys know you can't even buy tinsel in a fucking store anymore? We went tinsel shopping. There's no tinsel, dude. Just and you're talking about the kind you just sprinkle. Yeah, I, I believe the cats. I believe the cat people the cat. got rid of tinsel. Yeah, because if they eat it. Yeah, just go into your silver vaults and start shaving off little pieces of well, silver. Well, that's 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 exactly what I did. But what about those people less fortunate who don't just have a vault full of silver, Rob? What about those people? Well, I mean, you, my thought, you should my share. thought on, yeah, my it's thought Christmas. on tinsel—that's not going to happen. Um, the my thought on tinsel was if it's the cat people, just don't put tinsel on your tree. Like I don't know how to make this any simpler, but yes, um, tinsel has to be ordered at an exorbitant price from Amazon. Apparently, if you want tinsel, no way. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. That's bananas. B a n a n s, which I believe was one of Misty's answers. I was like, "What Christmas song?" And she's like, "Major Tom." <laughs> I stand by my answers. Um, what else do you guys got going on, Jesse? Well, what's I mean, new now I got to get me one of those Catalonian logs, I guess, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Until it, feed it until it poops. I, Chocolate. A I, I read the question. I was like, this is too bizarre. I'm going to take it off. And then I read the answer. And I was like, how can I not have Pooh's gifts or chocolate out of like as an answer? I couldn't I couldn't take it out of the quiz. Is that the part of that's that's that was Italy, you said? Was that um, the... No, Spain. Oh, Spain. 
Yeah. Is that wait? Who? Which country had a part of its country like declare independence, and it was a whole big problem? Do you, anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, Catalonia has been wanting. There has yeah. been attempts or processes. They were voting. To, yeah. To separate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't believe yeah. that actually happened, right? Well, they they were they held votes because they wanted to. Scotland um, voted too, I believe, in recent times, and I also believe that Quebec has voted for independence in recent times. Then how come I haven't heard of Skexit and Kexit? <laughs> Quebecit? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's weird. Wikipedia does list it as uh, an autonomous community on the I northeastern fucking, corner of Spain. I fucking... They speak a different language, it. too. Mm. Is it Catalan? Is that what they speak? Yeah. Sounds like something from that Star Wars TV show. You guys want it? Oh, I don't think we can talk about it, but rate yeah. show of hands who's watching it and is all caught up. I'm not caught up. All right, this says to Amber from. What the fuck was that? What the hell? Sorry, I accidentally clicked on a video. I was oh, trying... Misty's Misty's fucking Misty's... watching shit on Facebook while we're no, great. I... Now I know why she didn't hear any of the questions. She was like, "Gotta catch up on my social." Now media. I know why how she won that thing. She was cheating. Scandal. Also, this is like the time that we were trying to hunt ghosts, and Misty was shopping on the Sephora website. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, which is probably why we didn't catch any ghosts. Zero ghosts. They're like... <laughs> On the floor. Dead. Sorry. The ghosts, that eyeshadow, though. The ghosts only appeared to Misty, but she didn't see them because she was looking at fucking makeup. Let me see if I can get this straight. Nobody here watches The Mandalorian? No. no um... I did watch a few episodes of the first season, and then I've seen in my feed that like people are raving about the finale of the second Holy season. Holy shit. That's all I have to say, because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't gotten there. Yeah, because I might watch it. I, I reverted back to like eight or nine-year-old Livius, like teared up like a little bitch. It was oh. fucking amazing. Amazing. If you are a Star Wars fan in any way, shape, or form, you cannot miss The Mandalorian, which is the best thing that has happened to Star Wars since Return of the Jedi back in, I don't know, whatever year that was, 1982 or something. Yeah. Some hot takes. Hot takes. Wow. Misty, what's shaking with you? Um, I mean, you know about the dog party. I am Let's, living. Don't have to go back into that. Living my best life in the house with, I mean, she hasn't made an appearance on the episode, so let's just take a look at Pride and Joy. Ready for the holiday? I, I'm episode. so glad it's one dog and not thirty cats, because really, that's kind of what the predictions were. <laughs> so, thanks, Lucas. Um, but no, super great. Got to work this week, but I'm excited for. Um, Small Christmas with the family uh, coming up on Christmas Eve. You're doing Christmas at your place? Uh, no, at my oh. parents. I was going to say, it must be fun, your first like yeah. Christmas in a new place. So, yeah. Rob, what's new with you? 
Not a lot. Not, I mean... I'm with or, you on that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like life is at a very slow pace, especially for the holidays. Um, uh, of note, I did send a, a nice picture of chickens to everybody that we're, uh, we're talking to right now. Because um, the lovely woman that I'm dating right now owns two chickens, lives within Chicago city limits, and owns two chickens, which is pretty wild. Um, and those I just chickens... want to say, my first question when Rob asked, mentioned chickens, I said, where does she live? And I tried to make it like <laughs> on the script. And he was like, oh, you know, this neighborhood in Chicago, which is, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in. And I, I cannot, I'm still having trouble processing that there's chickens in, in essentially in my old neighborhood. Yeah. So I was hanging out with chickens earlier today. Um, we also had a fire outside last night and made s'mores. And like, oh, so we're doing really like cutesy shit, like with the early Rob part of the homestead. relationship. Yeah. Rob is getting ready to homestead. He's tending chickens and making fires. <laughs> oh, I'm not tending chickens. I am observing chickens at a distance because they're not going to get anything good out of me. I'm not getting anything from the chickens except maybe some eggs. So, yeah. Um, I'll be honest, last night was probably not a bad time to make a fire. It was probably about 38 degrees out. It was it was not bad in Chicago for for the week of Christmas. It's been uh, it's been pretty pleasant actually so far for in uh, in this part of the woods. Did Jesse you got like 10 feet of snow? None. Well, Good. You've sho- you've shoveled several times though. So you've, yeah. you've you've had snow this season. Oh, if you had none at all. So we have had two threats of snow, and not one in not that one flake has stuck to the sidewalk. Like we've oh, we've been wow. told we're going to get four inches, four to six inches twice now, and uh, once we got zero. The other time we got like the snow on the grass and just enough on your car that you had to go out like three minutes earlier and just like let your defroster run, but not even enough for me to break out the snow brush. That's Texas snow right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. That's a Texas state emergency. Snow, yeah. <laughs> snow at all. The roads closed down. 100. Misty, you have not gotten snow this year, though, right? Oh, goodness, no. It's barely gotten cold. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's, what's cold? the current... Yeah, what's the current temperature there? I mean, like, today. Uh, what was today, the... I believe, was in the 50s. We've had, um, at like, in the evenings or early morning in the 30s, but it hasn't gone below freezing. What's your thermostat at? 67 or 68 respectable nice mm-hmm. yeah so uh it has been a very mild i mean i guess technically winter isn't for another couple of hours but uh the general winter season has been very mild for everybody unless you're on the yeah. east coast where you got a shit ton of snow dumped on you there was that storm that went through new york and i know new york city only got i think like a recorded like four and a half inches but there was one place in New York that they reported 48 inches of snow. Holy shit. No. That's like Mary Lou Retton size snow. <laughs> Can't backflip out of that. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, anything bonkers. else anybody want to talk about before? We, I mean, this episode may, may, we may get out of this without it going completely off the rails, which would be a goddamn first for a holiday episode. <laughs> yeah, I only drank one beer. So yeah, I'm I'm I, I, ha- I'm half a bottle safe. of wine. My my, probably two and a half glasses now of wine. But you can hear like the whiskey bottles rolling around the floor at Misty's house. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Uh-huh. I do believe Misty was our our first casualty, um, and that was on the last episode where I believe at one point she actually fell asleep and we had to send her to bed. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna clean this one up a, a little bit nicer for our viewers. Uh, first, I want to wish a very happy holidays and a Merry Christmas to my three wonderful co-hosts, um, as well as to everybody that's uh, watching slash listening. If you're catching this on audio, I'm assuming this will be on audio. If not, then you won't know to come back here and watch it or something. So uh, everybody uh, have a happy and safe holiday season. Anybody else want to throw anything out before we let anybody go? Just a quick note uh, for our Patreon supporters. Livius will be um, working very hard to put tinsel and a bunch of little booked swag together for you. He's shaving silver to make tinsel to put in a little book swag for anybody who's at the booked swag tier uh, on Patreon, which um, it's going to be. I have accumulated a ton of different stickers, magnets, buttons. Uh, There's like uh, key lanyards, little key lanyards. Um, There might even be something that's uh, themed to 2020 uh mixed in too so uh if you're like hey what happened to my swag um it is going to be going as soon as i tell livius who to send it to so uh keep an eye out for that um and uh thank you for all of your support thanks to everybody i want to call out a comment happy holidays to everyone miss you from our friend diana um so we got uh, it's been a while since we've had both a comrade chrome and a diana comment in the same uh, live episode so i feel like our little family of love is complete so that's a great way to go out so missy jesse any kind of like thoughts uh uh for for the end of our holiday season um to the book swag i'm super excited and have an address that won't lose mail now (laughs) just fyi um, but no, this has been great. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Jesse. everyone. All right, guys. And a happy holiday to everybody that's listening or watching. Um, we, we will have one more episode before the end of the year, so I'm not going to start wishing everybody a happy new year. But uh, until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep ho-ho-hoing. <laughs>